Today's episode is brought to you by Dondolo, our favorite luxury lifestyle brand for children and women, founded by Catalina Gonzalez. A company made for moms and by moms, Catalina understands that outfits hold special memories and emotions. Dondolo is dedicated to creating heirloom quality products that not only capture the essence of childhood, but also serve as lasting reminders of love, joy, and cherished memories. Each design is thoughtfully made with special handmade details with the purpose of supporting social causes that help mothers and children in need. Dondolo, an Italian word translated to swing, is a reflection of Catalina's belief in giving to the world. Dondolo is love in details, love in giving back. I know listeners will enjoy getting to know Catalina and her brand Dondolo as our October sponsor. Dondolo is launching its new holiday collection on October 19th. For more information, visit their website at dondolo.com or Instagram at dondolo.official. And don't forget to take a listen to Catalina's episode on HSDT. Hi everyone, I am Emily Landers and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Hi everyone and welcome to today's episode of the podcast. I'm so happy that you're here and that you are listening to today's conversation with Vivian and Carolina, the brains and the beauties behind Henry Noel, one of my favorite jewelry brands. I know you all are going to enjoy today's episode. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and you're going to learn a lot. It's such a fun episode, and I know it's one you'll likely want to share with a friend. Well, I hope you all are doing well. I hope that all of my listeners are doing well this week, and hopefully you have something coming up in your life that you are going to enjoy. I am trying to stay focused on those things and think about what's coming up and what's exciting in my own realm. And there are a lot of things. There's a lot of things to be grateful for and a lot to look forward to. Last week, we announced our giveaway with Coley Home. We are giving away a bed. That giveaway is going to close tomorrow night. So if you have not headed over to our post on Instagram at how'd she do that podcast, you definitely should go and check it out. You're going to love the bed. It has been one of our most successful giveaways and be sure to listen to Coley on Coley Home's episode of HS. DT. Also last week, we had something very exciting happen that I am still pinching myself over. We launched shophsdt.com. How'd she do that? You can always think of HSDT, shophsdt.com, our new e-commerce platform where we are welcoming previous guests, previous sponsors, upcoming sponsors, friends of the podcast onto our e-commerce platform. And it is absolutely amazing. My friend and our website lead and e-commerce lead, Kaylee did such a great job. And Kaylee and I actually did a conversation on Patreon, patreon.com slash how'd she do that, where she pulled back the curtain and actually shared her screen and shared a lot of the behind the scenes as to how she set up our beautiful e-commerce on Shopify. So if that's of interest to you, if you have a Shopify um, account and that's where you do business, you will definitely want to know my friend Kaylee Hobbs, and you'll likely want to head over to Patreon, patreon.com slash how'd she do that to learn more. Now, if you haven't been to the website, 
It is a must. You have to go and check it out. Head over to shophsdt.com. It is such a pinch me moment as I see orders coming in and I think of you guys getting these products and us being able to assist and accommodate listeners shopping, but also highlighting previous guests who took their time to share their stories with me. It's unbelievable. So I would just encourage you to head over to the website, click through, do some shopping. We've got earrings, we've got dresses, we've got cashmere. Eleanor Leftwich, who is on the podcast most recently, I believe, of all of our vendors, she's over there. Um, there's so many products and pieces that I have in my own home and in my own closet that I love that I genuinely cannot believe I get to share with all of you. So please do think of Shop HSDT as you're thinking about what's coming up. And uh, gosh, if you need a new pair of earrings, new accessories, a new dress, we've got it all. We've got Jay Lowry bags. Please, please, please do keep shophsdt.com in mind. And I cannot wait to see your purchases with the hashtag shophsdt. DT. Well, you guys, we have so much coming up in the life of the podcast. I was on a call earlier today with my business consultant and my sister-in-law who assist with all things HSDT, and we are rocking and rolling into the new year already with sponsorship. So if you are interested in hearing more about that, spots are going quickly, please do head to our website and the contact page there to hear more about sponsorship opportunities. Well, you guys, I think that's a good update from me. Here are the ladies behind Henry Noel on How'd She Do That? Today's guests are Vivian Grimes and Carolina Menendez. They are the dynamic duo behind Henry Noel. Founded in 2019 by Vivian, Henry Noel is a fine jewelry company based out of Naples, Florida. At its core, Henry Noel is a family business that grew out of Vivian's work alongside her father and grandfather, Henry, in the jewelry industry. In 2021, Carolina joined her best friend and college roommate, Vivian, as a partner on Henry Noel to help grow the business to what it is today. They work to create approachable luxury products that customers can truly live in, from workouts to beach days to nights out. They believe jewelry is one of the most personal investments their customers can make and thus put diamond education at the center of their business. They handcraft their pieces in-house using GIA certified natural diamonds, gemstones, and solid 14 karat and 18 gold to create a line of necklaces, earrings, rings, and bracelets. They also work with customers to create custom engagement rings and revamping unworn jewelry. When they're not working on the business, you'll likely find Vivian spending time with her large family. She is one of six or running on the beach with her mini dachshund, Pippa. Carolina also has a mini dachshund named Cowboy, thanks to Vivian, and can always be found planning her next trip with friends and family. Vivian and Carolina, welcome to How'd She Do That? Hi, thanks so much for having us. Thank you. So excited to be here. Likewise, you guys. I feel like this has been a long time coming. And even as I was reading through uh, the intro just then, I'm like, we have a lot to cover. <laughs> right? We're here for it. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, this is so fun. And um, even before today's call, I was just looking at all of your pieces and I was thinking, uh, Vivian, specifically about your history in the jewelry industry. So to be able to kick things off today, we want to introduce you both. We want you guys to share a little bit more with our listeners. Perhaps you tell us, maybe tell us a little bit about your upbringing and ultimately where you both went to school. Sure. I guess I'll start. 
Great. I was born and raised in Naples, Florida, and I'm one of six kids. So it's safe to say my parents definitely had their hands full. My dad and grandfather were both jewelers, and jewelry has always been a part of my life, although I never really thought it was an industry I would be a part of. Um, after high school, I left Florida and I decided to go to Boston College, which is crazy that I left the warm weather, but it was worth it. And that is where I studied economics and communications and where I met Carolina. After undergrad, I went straight to business school where I studied entrepreneurship at USC. And I finished out my last year of eligibility on their track team. Oh my goodness. Okay. And I remember that about you. You ran track at both locations, right? Yep. I ran at Boston College, um, got injured my freshman year. So I had a year of eligibility that I could use for cross country and track. And so I ended up doing that at USC while at business school, which was awesome and definitely helped me reach that goal. Because when I finished undergrad, I was like, I have still so much more to give. Mm. And so it's nice to have that next year. Now, if you ask me, I don't, I run, you know, 20 minutes to struggle. <laughs> right. Exactly. Oh, so cool. Um, and even, even right off the bat, I mean, I, we could talk all about discipline and what that already says about you, but uh, Carolina, tell us a little bit about your journey to, um, to school as well. Sure. Uh, I was born and raised in Miami, Florida, come from a typical Cuban-American background, went to an all-girls Catholic school, and then ended up at Boston College, where I met Vivian my sophomore year, and it was like friendship at first sight. I remember we (laughs) met the first day, and we just like talked and talked and talked, Um, and then we ended up living together for the rest of our time, and after graduation, I moved to New York City to work at WME, or William Morris Endeavor, um, in the news industry. So, um, spent a little time there and then I'm, I'm actually now just finishing up my MBA at, uh, Ross at U- university of Michigan. Oh, amazing. Okay, cool. So you're still wrapping up school and then Vivian, tell me this. When did you graduate from business school? I graduated in my mind. I think it's, this is like yesterday, but I graduated <laughs> in 2017. Wow. Amazing. Okay. This mm-hmm. is so fun. It's so fun to kind of map out the timeline. And then I'll add this because listeners will likely be curious. Many are around our age and, and your age. What year did you graduate college? You, you're both the same year, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. We are both the same year. We graduated in 2016. Okay. 2016. Okay. Amazing. So we definitely both have that like I did it early on and um, Carolina, she's doing it now. So a lot of times she'll bring up things that she's doing within business school. And sometimes they'll be like, oh, I remember that. Or no way I could ever do that now. Right. <laughs> the paper she writes, the presentations, I feel like Carolina, that you have to. We weren't uh, talking create. about AI in 2017. Oh my yeah. god! No, we definitely were not. Well, it's, it's such a win to have a team member. Yeah. To be, you know, Vivian, you already have that under your belt, of course, but like you said, Carolina, you're, you're learning so much along the way. Um, okay. This is so fun. And I love that we've already shared the meet cute that sophomore year. And then you guys actually were roommates. Um, and then, but I'm hearing that you're cross country at this point, you know, that post-grad you're both kind of moving into new and different things. Vivian, what were you doing directly out of business school? Right after graduating from USC, my first job was actually at Guthy Rinker Ventures in Manhattan Beach. Okay. And at Guthy Rinker, I worked on the marketing team. So specifically on Cindy Crawford's team, it cosmetics, crepe race. I don't know how much how familiar you are with skincare, but even though I'm in jewelry, I absolutely still love it. And working on those teams, I did all the behind the scenes work for these skincare and beauty brands um, at large retail chains like Sephora, Ulta, Blue Mercury. So we'd really build them up from the bottom and really 
create these large companies with the hope that they might sell at some point. Um, so I manage each of these brands and what I later recognized primed me to start Henry Noel. And while working at GR, I always had strong mentors and even look back, I generally just owe, owe to the people I worked with that really helped me create such a strong business foundation. Hmm. Yeah, well, and two, this is interesting because you just named some, I don't want to kind of glaze over this. You just named some really large brands um, that are very much kind of ahead of the curve. So for you to already have that experience, um, very, very interesting. Okay. And then Carolina, tell us a little bit about your role. Gosh, that was in media, correct? Yeah. So I weirdly, I studied political science in college and kind of had this pre-law track, but quickly realized I did not want to be a lawyer. <laughs> and I had a couple internships in entertainment and music because I also was a dancer. And I ended up starting my career at WME actually in music um, and hip hop and all of these. It was a different life back then, you know, <laughs> uh, kind of planning tours for different hip hop artists from Travis Scott and Mac Miller, wow. ASAP Ferg. And then um, we our company actually started doing podcast touring, which was the big thing. Mm. I feel like in 2017, it was the new, it was a new strategy to make, to make some money for these bigger podcasts. And, um, when I started working on those teams in the touring side, I realized I met a lot of talent that was more in the news space because, you know, a lot of the podcasts that were coming out were these daily news podcasts yeah. or opinion podcasts. And it, it kind of brought back out that passion of mine for politics and political science and government. Hmm. And then I switched to our television side and I started representing broadcast journalists in our news division um, and documentarians and basically negotiating their contracts with news networks or selling their ideas to um, different companies for, to create documentaries out of their, out of their news articles and their IP. So that was the foundation for me it was kind of this crazy niche world of news and TV and media that I, I thought I was honestly going to be in forever. Mm. Um, and I really had this vision of I was going to be the next big news agent wow. uh, and kind of entourage And I had some great mentors that really helped build that foundation. And you, you learn a lot of just brand strategy where the brand is, is the person is the talent, right? Like, how are how are you going to help grow their career alongside them and where should they go next what project should they do and how should they really position themselves within a larger media landscape to succeed mm. but at the same time you're learning negotiation tactics you're learning you know professionalism when you when you're right out of college i feel like i didn't even know how to write a good email right. and when you're someone's assistant and they're you know you're writing 100 emails a day maybe even more you you had you really built out this foundation. People always say WME is kind of like a its own master's program or graduate school for for adults in media because a lot of people end up leaving and branching out to start their own thing. Hmm. Uh, and it was only in 2020 when the pandemic hit that I really I ended up leaving New York and coming back home to Miami and felt like this whole shift had happened that nobody knew was was coming, obviously, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, is what is my life going to look like now that the world turns upside down? And where do I want to live? What do I want to be doing? Mm. And then I ended up calling Vivian, who was my good friend, for advice because she went to business school. She was in the midst of starting Henry Noel. And that kind of gets us to where our 
professional uh, paths crossed. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm glad I asked because both of you guys were doing amazing things and uh, just Carolina, such an awesome deep dive right off the bat and so interesting. I can see why you've been so helpful as head of growth at Henry Noel. Um, But Vivian, tell us a little bit because, you know, last in in your story, you're out here, you're you're in California at this point, Um, but there's a shift. There's a shift that ultimately happens. And I believe, gosh, 2019, right, is when you found Henry Noel. So tell us a little bit about that journey and ultimately the decision to to open your own business. Sure. So I guess I'll start with just really the the bones behind Henry Noel. So my grandfather was a jeweler and my dad is still a jeweler. So I've always been surrounded by diamonds and I guess not too bad of a life, (laughs) I suppose. Um, But in my early 20s, my brother, he actually passed away at 24 years old. Mm. Um, And then my dad had a severe stroke shortly after, paralyzed on his entire right side. Mm. And at this point, I still was living out in Los Angeles. And I just, I miss my family. I guess it's as simple as that. And that's when I decided to move back home to Naples. And as soon as my dad was able to walk, he went straight back to work. And that is just absolutely the kind of person he is. Mm. And I was back at this point. So I started to work alongside him. And I know it seems like this path, again, was just, it made sense, but I never thought I would go into this industry. And it wasn't until I began working with my dad on jewelry day to day, and I started to get more involved, that I noticed that friends, family, people that I really didn't even know started to reach out to me for jewelry. Hmm. And that's when I quickly realized that many people didn't have someone to go to that they trusted for their engagement rings, jewelry refreshes, or just you know, that everyday jewelry, because jewelry really is so personal. Mm. And in 2019, I started Henry Noel. And in 2021, Carolina came on to be our head of growth. Mm. And building Henry Noel, I just wanted to create a company for that next generation that was more transparent about the process and the pricing behind the craft. And I guess it's just a bonus that I do get to continue to still work alongside uh, with my dad, something that we really do love to do together. I always say, like, for him, it's, it is just an absolute, every day is a joy. He comes to work, like, so happy, like, great mood. And for me, I'm more of a mix because I'm, like, trying to grow this business and there's so many hats that I'm wearing. But in the end, I, I couldn't ask for anything better. Or he'll come into our office with like a random idea, like, hey, you should make (laughs) a for for your dog. And we're like, okay. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's like comes in with the most insane ideas. And I'm like, okay, maybe 2025 we'll look at that. And he's like, oh, 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 okay. Okay. I will I will jump in here and say Vivian's dad has also been such a great mentor to me. I knew nothing about jewelry. Uh, I never even thought I'd be in this industry. And I ended up because I, I'm based in Miami, but our company's in Naples. I go to Naples a lot and I would stay with her parents and like we would have a full day at work and then we'd come home and eat dinner with her parents and like keep talking about, keep talking about work with her dad. And it's been so cool to see like what over 40 years of experience and like how much joy he has and just like talking to us. I, I feel like I've now become like an, another dog. He already had six kids. So what's one more? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. So uh, it, it, it's been so like that part has been 
so cool. Mm, it's so fun. It's so fun to hear. Yeah. Even the element of, yeah, heading home and, and getting dinner at their house. And um, gosh, Vivian, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing kind of how tragedy really shaped that move for you. But ultimately, I'm so grateful that that you found yourself in such a happy um, and pleasant place with, with a booming business. But tell me this, what did it look like? Because you're thinking, okay, I, for obvious reasons, I want to go home. I want to be close to my family and miss them. Um, I'm, I'm guessing, correct me if I'm wrong, that was the the smartest next step for you, right? But what did it look like to say, okay, dad, you know, I want to learn this craft. This is something that I'm seriously stepping into. Was he surprised or, or did he have an inkling that perhaps you'd be interested at some point? Well, when I was living in LA, I really, I loved my job and I loved the company. Right. And when I moved back, everyone's like, you're the last person I would have thought that would have moved back to Naples, Florida, wow. That's kind of a big city to a smaller city. Um, and when I started working alongside my dad, I think that he could see that I was finding this like passion within this industry mm. and that excited him. And when the time came, no, he wasn't surprised. He was like, let's go. He was <laughs> like all on board. He was so happy to have me on living in Naples, not on the West coast and him on the East coast anymore. And, and also at that time, like having me back and I, my younger brother, he actually works with us day to day. Mm. It, we were creating this business and we were also kind of grieving at the same time, but overcoming. Yeah. And it really was the, it, it was the best move. And it's so scary when you leave, especially in your young, you know, your twenties, mid twenties, like leaving this big city with this amazing life mm -hmm. and everything's just great. And to all of a sudden say like, you know what? No, I'm going to throw that all away. And this is what I'm going to do instead. And mm -hmm. it was a big step. Um, but I'm, I'm happy I did it. No, it's such a great example. And I think so many people can relate to that. And sometimes for some reason, it's, it's kind of strange. There, there is a hesitation to, to move back or to go back. And it's like, there, it's not actually a backwards path. It's actually the path forward. Um, so that's really sweet. And that's really cool to hear that that was the case for you. So tell us a little bit, because Caroline already mentioned that Vivian, she gives you a call. She, she's looking for advice. She's trying to figure out what to do. That's kind of the 2020 season of life, it sounds like, right? Um, mm -hmm. what did that conversation look like? Can you take us back to one of your, I'm, I think best friends, right? Calling for advice. Mm -hmm. And ultimately you think, wait a second, maybe you should come and work with me. I love this because she calls me one day while I'm just driving and she's kind of telling me like, Oh, I'm really enjoy working at WME, but I feel like I'm at this point in my life where I just, I want to do more. I, there's just so much more to accomplish and so many ideas that I have. And so I'm telling her just different ideas like, oh, well, I have a friend that works in this company and this could work mm -hmm. or maybe something like this and throwing ideas around. And she kind of ends the call and she just goes, no, I don't think you're getting it. I want to <laughs> work at Henry Noel. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And, and I love, I really do love this organic, authentic story because at that time I didn't even see what she saw. Oh, wow. She saw something so much bigger than what I think that I even recognized. And she's like, well, I don't want to spring this on you. So give it time. And I did, I gave it, didn't really take much time. I mean, you saw, she just gave you her rundown of her uh, bio and, you know, she's an incredible worker and yeah. how cool is it to be with your best friend? And I think it was maybe 24 hours, Carolina. I was like, yes, what am I thinking? It was, <laughs> like, it was crazy. It was more so like, 
now that I look back at it, I'm like, I basically, it was like a marriage proposal. It was like a professional marriage proposal. She proposed. Now, now we talk more than we talk to our husbands. But at the time, I was calling her really for advice, but I had in the back of my head, really my husband, who has, I, I've been dating for forever and knew Vivian since college as well, was like, talk to Vivian. She's doing this cool thing. Even though I didn't really understand what Henry Noel was, I was like, wait, why am I looking at all these cool startups when I have one of a friend right here? Wow. And, organically in the it's not like I went into the conversation asking to work for her it it was in the conversation I was like wait do you need help do you want you want my help you don't even have to pay me like I was just (laughs) like what I just want to be learning from you because I needed to pivot out of this extremely um just like siloed business that I was in entertainment and television is is it's such a niche and I I couldn't quite get out of it the way that I wanted to be more in like a product brand strategy and I thought Henry Noel was a great learning opportunity, but it was one of those things where she said yes right away. And I was like, wait, go home, <laughs> talk to Max, which was her boyfriend at the time, now husband, mm-hmm. and let me know what he says. And she called me back the next morning immediately. I will say Vivian's the one friend that I never felt, I never doubted that we could work together because even in college, like we'd be getting coffee and we'd be writing down this business proposal of like, oh, furniture rental company we were going to have so we were going to like rent out to kids who were going away for the semester and coming back for only semester and didn't need to buy front. I love it, it. it was just people that you know you could always work with and we were always very upfront with each other we had very serious conversations early on very honest ones hmm. um even in, even in the chaos like I was applying to business school I was doing like an executive hybrid program so I didn't know what my schedule was going to be like. And Vivian was always really amenable to that. Mm. And we trusted each other where it was like, we're going to have our backs. And when after we were very honest about what we wanted to get out of working together, it was kind of a natural fit. I was going to touch on that is because a lot of people, they'll ask me all the time, how is it working with your best friend? Right. Like, and they approach it like it should be terrible and that I, like, I want to hear like the dirty deeds. Right. And I'm like, well, there's there's nothing about it. And and it's because at the beginning, we had very straight up honest conversations mm. of like, if there's something that is bothering you, you have to just say it. Mm. Or if you're having, if you have an idea or if I have an idea and you don't really like it, then you need to say it. And if all the, if one of us feels stronger about this than the other, then we need to talk it out and just come to an agreement. Mm. And that's so important when working with somebody is just to be very upfront and honest. And it ends up just working out in the best way. And what's great about working with your best friend is that we're very similar, but we're also very different. And we bring just two strategies to the forefront of the business, uh, which is awesome. I feel like I'm, we're both creative, but I'm like kind of all over the place with these random ideas. Love it. <laughs> and, and then Carolina really kind of takes those and she's like, all right, now let's organize them and make it into an action plan. Amazing. I, I, I wonder, listener, are you a Vivian or are you a Carolina? I am, Eileen, yeah. I, I Eileen I, I Vivian. <laughs> I'm running around with one idea after the next, but so good, you guys. And so I love that you would share that, that, that very early on, there was a mad amount of respect and love and care for one another because you guys are best friends, but then to say, okay, how can we work together and how can this be, uh, you know, the partnership that we're looking for it to be? So gosh, this is 2021. Um, and you are off to the races. What did it look like to start on some new projects? Carolina, what did you ultimately step in and start kind of assisting with and and growing? 
Well, I think a big thing that I've learned from Vivian and also my husband, I think a little bit has to do with the fact that they're both division one athletes. Yeah. It's not having an ego about the hard work that goes into this. Running a business is not as glamorous as it may seem on Instagram, especially when you're dealing with something as beautiful and awesome as jewelry and engagement rings. It's at the beginning, I was just picking up whatever Vivian needed help with. And I was basically just like the extra hands. I really felt strongly about repositioning our branding, our marketing, and making the website seamless. I love communicating. I love writing. And I I, I love talking, I guess. But <laughs> um, I just wanted people to come to our website and know exactly who we were. And I'm still struggling with that because I feel like I'm a perfectionist in some ways. When I look at our website, I'm like, oh, that caption wasn't perfect here. (laughs) But I just, Vivian was going to be doing in person, talking to our customers. She was the jewelry guru. Mm -hmm. And she's going to be talking to everybody about making sure the products are perfect and where we're procuring our, our materials from. Obviously, working with her father on design or, you know, managing our jewelers in store. And I was going to do, everything else. So the first project I really did was our new packaging. And that was fun for me because I was like, oh, what, you know, I get to work with graphic designers and I get to redo our packaging and make it look really nice Mm. and seamless. But it ended up, you know, we did a whole website revamping, which I had never done any of this before. I worked at an entertainment agency where we like negotiated entertainment television (laughs) And some of it was like, watching YouTube videos and learning how to use Shopify and Shogun and all of these things ourselves, And a lot of it also was leaning on other friends who had done this before and calling them and asking them for help or even hiring friends of ours that had more experience in like the digital marketing aspect of it. It was, it was kind of organic where these little projects that you would think like, okay, I'm 26. Like usually you'd say, is this below my pay grade? Mm. Like nothing was below any of our pay grade. We were doing everything from like cleaning the store and, you know, restocking broken pieces to the big long-term marketing stuff and like who are our dream collaborations. So Mm. it's all about like, and I think Vivian is so good at this, like taking the ego out of your work and really um, being passionate about like the little stuff as much as the big stuff because it it all matters at the end of the day. And two, it's funny because you just mentioned this and I'm thinking, I really want to kind of almost harp on this for just a second. Like you said, you guys are working with, you know, the most glamorous of glamorous products. There's nothing more glamorous than diamonds. There's, there's literally nothing that, uh, you know, a customer could, could find more glamorous than diamonds. But with that, can customers get the true challenge and grit and hard work that's going on behind it. You just mentioned one thing we're, we're trying to work on, which is the Shopify side of things. That is mm-hmm. no joke. I don't care if you have an MBA that to me, I am like banging my head against the wall. Like what, what, what is this? You know? And so I think it's really interesting that you would be able to share that and, and to share some of those details that you guys were working on. Now at this time, when Carolina came on Vivian, this, so this is 2021, where were the majority of your customers coming from? Were they local to Naples? Where was the main demographic of your customers? So at, at this point, it was very 50-50. Most of the customers were in Southwest Florida, okay. which made sense because we had a storefront here. And I was doing a lot of trunk shows. And then I also started to get into more wholesale. So I was working with the Four Seasons Palm Beach, mm-hmm. uh, which was very instrumental in kind of growing the business to reach more like that Miami Palm Beach customer base. 
And then now it's more so transitioned into being more of a 70-30 model with 70% online, 30% in person. But it it's exciting. And, and I never want that to go away because I really love meeting people face-to-face. And virtually is lovely too, but it's so cool to really meet the person and really understand them so that whether they're choosing one of the pieces I've already made or I'm creating something specifically for them, it the piece doesn't become just a commodity. It truly becomes something that is just so meaningful for the person with the intention that they're going to have it for generations and hopefully it stays in their family and gets handed down. Hmm. I think we also made a conscious effort probably a year into us working together of, okay, who is our customer? Right. Who is our customer profile? Where do we want to grow? People that we meet like the product. We have customer feedback that people who see it in person or buy it will will tell their friends about it and then their friends will come in. And that was all very positive. But very early on, we both lived in New York, LA. I live in Miami. We were in these big coastal cities. That's not our customer, okay? We're not going to compete to be another New York City or LA jewelry brand because at the end of the day, it's very oversaturated. And this small company coming out of Naples, like it just wasn't who, one, it wasn't who we connected with. And two, like we made a very clear strategic choice (laughs) to target people within Naples that liked our stuff. And then where, because Naples is seasonal, where would they go after that? Were Mm. they in the Midwest or were they in the South? And that ended up being very clear. We then started doing trunk shows in Texas. We started doing trunk shows in North Carolina. And we realized that by feeding into a demographic that was probably underserved, relatively speaking, on a retail perspective, that those people really connected with our stuff because we wanted to show customers that we were transparent about our processes, transparent about our pricing. If you didn't know anything about diamonds, but you really like them, you could DM us your crazy questions or your dumb questions. What is a pink sapphire? How do you get your pink? How does pink come out of, you know, a sapphire? I thought they were blue. <laughs> it was it was approachable enough for us to ask those questions and really went over those customers because those are the kind of girls we like hanging out with and we ended up just getting along with and liking our stuff. If you look at our website, a lot of our products aren't going to blow your mind. We're not the next jewelry designer artist. Vivian and I are very aware of the fact that like, we are not artists. We just love jewelry. We are women who want to be wearing these accessories every day. And we know that there are a lot of girls like us out there that want something to add to their outfit, but they don't quite know what. And they have this budget and they just want an extra little shine and something that won't tarnish, something that won't they don't have to throw away after three months. And we want to help you get to that piece mm-hmm. because I feel like there's so many girls out there that that want that piece and don't need it to be like the next cool thing. They just want their piece. Mm-hmm. Well said. And I think too, when listeners, uh, when you guys see the pieces that we're talking about, it's very much, it can be forever. Like you said, Vivian, this is something that can be passed down. This is something that won't go out of style. These are timeless, classic, beautiful, well thought through and can go with any and every outfit, which I think is why people come back to you guys so often. But you just mentioned something that I think is really interesting that I feel like I want to tap into a little bit is that you just, you just shared Naples is very seasonal. So Mm -hmm. your customers, they may not always be there. They may find you, but to your point, they're going to come back and, uh, you know, shop online with these early projects that Carolina, you are kind of coming in and, and assisting with and growing the customer base. 
and Vivian, you mentioned there was a switch. There was a, a little bit of a flip with the 70-30 model. You said you started to do wholesale, et cetera. What would you credit that shift to? Because, and correct me if I'm wrong, shopping online is great. I mean, that that would be where I would hope the majority of my customers are coming from. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a, f- a few things with that shift. One being when people come into the store, I would we'd really create this connection with them because it really wasn't just like people in and out shopping. Some people come and they'll stay in what I call our gem den. Oh, and it's just like this like small little place in the back of the store and people will just kind of pop in and they might stay for sometimes and two hours <laughs> and we're just kind of hanging out chatting and um and then we'll kind of get into creating our layering look things like that but with that and because we love spending time with the customer and with that i think i've seen that you can't just credit word of mouth and so when they would go traveling or if they're going back to where they spend the summers they then go tell their friends and one of my signature pieces is actually the diamond drop station that's the most sold piece and so when they're wearing that or another piece, a lot of people might ask them, where'd, where'd you buy that? And especially this diamond drop station is very subtle elegance. It's something like, you know, you wear it all the time. You might layer multiple things with it or wear it solo. Hmm. But people, I find customers, they'll just start telling people, oh, you have to go see Vivian and Carolina. Oh, you have to go check out Henry Noel because it's a very approachable jewelry that we're creating and it makes people feel like they can talk about it versus something that is say a very large Riviera necklace which I would never say no to (laughs) but a large tennis necklace it's not as approachable so it's not as much of a conversation piece in a way Mm -hmm. because when you see someone wearing it you're like oh that's beautiful but it kind of stops there right right it kind of stops there even with my price point yeah that too where we're at this kind of middle range price point where people feel very comfortable talk about and sharing because it's not, you know, too overboard. And then secondly, I would say we started working with a lot of influencers. And I I use that term loosely Mm -hmm. because I don't love working with influencers where it's just like a pay to play game. Mm -hmm. We've really strategically picked certain people to work with that generally love the brand and love the story behind the brand and love the pieces. And for a while, all the influencers that we would work with we actually didn't pay. Most of these influencers, they did it because they just couldn't wait to wear the product and they couldn't wait to talk about it. And starting with that strategy helped so much because then other influencers started to see, oh, what, what's this? And then they kind of wanted to get on board. And with the jury, it's not like we were selling socks. It is a high priced commodity. So we only wanted to work with people that really valued it mm-hmm. and understood that it wasn't going to be a piece that you were going to purchase and then just put it back in your drawers are going to be a piece that you were going to wear all the time. And when they would then speak to their followers, that really resonated with them. Hmm. One thing I want to add to that, because Vivian just reminded me, obviously what we're selling, like she said, is not socks. It's not an easy Instagram buy when you see something. People really want to know that they can trust the quality behind fine jewelry pieces and the diamonds and the sourcing and, and at the end of the day, it's just a lot of money and we don't take that lightly. So I think a big strategy for us was really investing on our Instagram and on our website to show the pieces as much as possible. Um, I still feel like we don't do it enough. Like I feel like there's better (laughs) ways to integrate it. And, you know, I'm constantly looking at Shopify apps to integrate video into our website and there's always a better way. But I think 
getting investing early on in a website that would build trust. You would add reviews. You add as many photos as possible. We have all of our diamond um, qualities on the website, color, cut, clarity, making sure we were transparent. Somebody could go to a product page and be like, I know what I'm buying. Hmm. And that would help. That really, really made a difference in terms of online. Like, And it's it's hard, as you mentioned, to kind of teach yourself as you go. But that was one of the biggest lessons is you're not going to see the return on your investment right away. But if you invest on building out your product pages, people will come because at at our price point, it wasn't enough to just have one photo and the price and say, trust us, you know? Yeah, exactly. No, exactly. And I think that's such a great point. I'm literally writing that down. Yeah. Build the product placement because then the trust is there. And that's a word that I continue to hear in this conversation, but I think that goes with diamonds. I just think trust and diamonds Mm -hmm. like go together. Um, And then to have the generational lessons, you know, that Vivian, you have that you carry with every conversation that you have with customers. It's just, it's so fun to hear all of the details that you guys have been working with Gosh, yeah, since 2019, um, but then even beyond then, 2021, Carolina, when you joined, I I would be curious Mm -hmm. to know, though, is there an instance perhaps that you guys can remember maybe together that you would say failure actually helped shape your your career? Uh, Yeah, I would. So we create pieces daily and not everything is a win. And sometimes we get so excited about a piece and we just cannot wait to wear it. And it doesn't work, which is a bummer because you put all this money towards the gold and the diamonds, which, you know, thank goodness a lot of it can be melted down and reused. Oh, wow. But some of these pieces don't work because maybe the diamonds aren't supported by enough gold or maybe the chain just breaks easily. But those are the moments when we really learn from these instances. And so when this happened at the beginning, all of a sudden we kind of went to the drawing board like, well, we can't be releasing these pieces to customers if they're not absolutely perfect. Hmm. And so now every piece that we make, one of us or a family member or a close friend actually wears it for around six weeks to make sure that it can really withstand that everyday wear. Because that's one thing I really talk to people about is that our jewelry is made to wear and it's a second skin. It's made to wear every day. And that was a big kind of learning moment is that we really needed to test them ourselves before, before marketing to to people to purchase. I think one thing, and this is a quick anecdote, a failure and a huge learning opportunity on my end was in terms of digital marketing. I think there's so much promise in paid ads for Google, for Meta and TikTok. And I think we just thought, you know, as a new-ish company, if you just pump dollars behind these Instagram ads, sales should come. Mm -hmm. And what I think that didn't happen to us at the beginning and we were losing some money and we're Vivian and I, sometimes we like joke that we're a little too cheap. We're like, Oh yeah. Uh, (laughs) But the one time we like let loose, we're like, let's have this big marketing budget. Like it just wasn't spent correctly. And the biggest learning from that truly was understanding your product. And at our price point, like people are not buying off a click on Instagram. It's just not happening. Mm. They have to really know the product, know you, and learn as much as possible, seeing it multiple times, seeing it on different people to make that 
purchase. So we really got Vivian in front of the camera more often. We were trying to put out as many videos as possible. And sometimes it's okay to lose money as long as you learn from it, I guess. That's what we learn. (laughs) That's what we tell ourselves. But But also knowing when to pull out. Don't get stuck in this like sunk cost fallacy that you're like, people are saying it should work because we we did have a lot of consultants saying okay but if you keep spending more like this is how it works you make more it's like well no wait hold on we know our customer mm-hmm. we know our product this is not what's working and like it's okay to stop investing on in something when it's not working mm-hmm. it's okay to risk it and then it's okay to stop because sometimes you can get caught up in like if i spend a little more it'll make back what i lost just just call it and and move on to the next thing. And it's okay to be to be like, you know what? That that wasn't for us. Yeah. I love that. And I love too that the yeah, app that that's and it it makes sense once you learn that lesson. But I would be with you guys in the beginning. I'd be like, oh yeah, let's do it. Like, wow, this is so cool. We have money for ads. Wow, you know, and this is <laughs> this is how we can move forward. But to your point, you guys really settled in and thought, well, hold on a second. Who are our customers? What are they doing? Um, okay, but on the flip side of that, and I'm sure you guys have quite a few examples of this, what's been maybe a real wow moment for both of you? Yeah, I say this all the time. So last year was my first full year at the company where I worked through the season. So our season in Naples is mostly the winter, but also the holiday season. And that's when people like from Black Friday all the way through New Year's, it's just crazy. And I basically moved to Naples um, (laughs) with Vivian and this was also post a hurricane and like you know, Naples was being rebuilt and we were living with her parents and we're like packing up all these boxes and we're getting, it was the first time where our our Black Friday sales really went crazy and we were like struggling to fulfill orders. But also once we got to holiday, the biggest wow moment for me was how great it felt, like feeling like I was part of people's big moments and like Mm -hmm. getting these text messages from people saying, I really want to get my wife this Christmas gift. Can you help me? Or I really want to surprise my daughter with this. And I kind of felt like I was in Santa's workshop. Like I kept telling Vivian, I'm like, (laughs) is this where you're, you're part of people's exciting moments. Mm -hmm. And like so many products, I'm sure a lot of people in different companies can can feel this way, but there's something about jewelry that people come to you during their their highs and lows, whether it's a wedding or um, obviously an engagement or an anniversary, but also when loved ones pass away or during a divorce, people want to, mm-hmm. you know, they don't know what to do with all this stuff and they come and you're just on the road with them. And I just felt like November, December last year was the first time where I was like, wow, I feel like. I'm connecting to customers and like almost making their lives better, even though jewelry is something that is not a necessity. Mm. Like we're not saving lives, but I'm still helping put joy and commemorative pieces into someone's life. And like, that was truly so cool. Whether you're celebrating a birth or a wedding, like people just come to us and it's the connection you make is, is the best. And I think that we see a lot of that, especially like in our custom jewelry side of our, our business is like helping people find ways to wear the pieces that mean the most to them. So well said. I have actually, I've, I've spoken with enough designers or, or people even within your industry that it, that's not something you would think about if you're not in the jewelry industry, specifically diamonds, but mm-hmm. it's true. Your, your customers come for you for the highest of highs. And like you said, the lowest of low moments. So you're able to, to be there for both. And I think that is something that's really unique to your industry that people really do not 
think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's so fun. It's so fun to hear and it's so cool to hear how connected you guys are to your clients and how many of them return time and time again. Uh, I'm excited to ask, and I always, I kind of love to share a little bit of a preface. This is a loaded question, but I'm really mm-hmm. eager to hear your thoughts. I'd love to know what is maybe the greatest lesson you have learned? For me, I would probably say the greatest lesson I've learned is that no bad is a is a bad job. Mm. Uh, Carolina touched on it earlier, saying like how we wear so many different hats, and that you really have to pick it up. You can't really say no to something because you don't have anyone else to do it. And going back to really even like corporate working the corporate world is that. I was kind of doing so many different jobs then wearing many, many hats and anything that my mentors would tell me, I would kind of just do them. Mm. I didn't really think much of it. And now I look back, I'm like, I learned so much from just saying yes, or in those moments, stopping and saying, you know, could you explain that to me? Could you go a bit more in depth? And I feel like being very secure and confident in yourself to ask thoughtful questions and not just assume that you should know these or that your mentor is telling you or your boss is telling you, oh yeah, like they'll definitely know that. It's okay to take a moment and say, no, could you explain this to me a bit further? Mm, so, um, And that's really helped me a lot more now in my current job with working with Carolina. And we actually have five jewelers on site that come in every day that to not just assume that someone knows something and that to really explain things out or after I'm done asking, you know, oh, is everything good? Like, do you understand? And, you know, please tell me if I didn't make sense because I, as I told you, I ramble ideas and crazy things out all the time. <laughs> um, so that would probably be one of my biggest things is that, you know, to really, to really check in with the people that you work with and make sure that everyone is doing well and on, you know, the same page. I think my biggest lesson has been finding my confidence as the years have gone on. When I look back at the pivotal moment where I was leaving WME, I felt like honestly at the lowest of lows professionally where I had given like five years to this career that I thought was going to pan out. And it's not that it didn't pan out or I got fired or something, but I just, I wasn't um, satisfied in the way that I thought I would be. And I also wasn't confident in my own business acumen or what I wanted to do. And a lot of that is what led me to apply to business school. And I think as a woman, sometimes like you're just not around that sort of business talk or experiences that made me feel confident in like my financial acumen Mm -hmm. or accounting or um, operational background. And I just, I felt like even the jobs I was applying to, I felt like I didn't deserve to get them, which probably looking back, I, I know I was wrong in that way, but there's a lot of insecurity that comes with like, wait, are they going to know I don't know how to build out product pay- or whatever, be a product manager at this company. And when you're kind of keeping your head down and working the way Vivian and I do, and I get so much of my work ethic from Vivian is like, you're working and you're doing all the small stuff. You're making sure that this label gets printed out to go on this box to, cause to fix this repair for this lady, or, you know, making sure that we close in certain hours so that we give people time, whatever it is, you're so stuck in the minutiae of every day. And then all of a sudden you lift up your head four years later, like Vivian has, and we're at, we're doing these great collaborations or we're on a podcast like this. And like, it's easy to have imposter syndrome, but you have to just get comfortable with the fact that you learn so much by just doing it, Mm. like by just 
getting in there, the inertia of every day and like we know so much more than we think. And sometimes it's easy to have like, to just be like bashful and kind of downplay our business. But I feel like now that we're on, I'm now on year almost, I'm going on year three of this and Vivian's on year four. Like we know what we're doing and it's okay to to say that. And it's okay to have people come. And when you're hiring outside people, like sometimes you can give people the 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 preference and like be deferential to them and think, oh, well, they have this high up mm-hmm. status. Like I, they know, they must know more than me. And if you're starting a business, like, you know, more than anybody else of about what your own story is. Mm-hmm. And that's very central. Um, in that way, it can make a lot of decisions very easy if you are true to yourself and just like, just be confident in who you are. Um, it, even if it's been four years or it's been 40, I just, I just feel like a lot of girls struggle with the fact that like, hey, I know what I'm doing. I I can, you know, read all the sales and the projections and the revenue that we have and make a strategy going to like, I I know what I'm doing. So just like being arriving in your moment and and having confidence. So good, you guys. But both of your answers, I'm over here like nodding my head. I'm like, yes, totally. Yes, I I can. I can relate to, um, yeah, Vivian, what you're saying about just having clear communication with with team members and also, yeah, saying, okay, explain this so I can better know and not just, I remember I was um, an intern at Foot Locker Corporate and I remember I was given a project and they said, okay, bye, go do it. And I didn't. I didn't ask any questions. I just kind of did it. And then I gave it back and I didn't really follow up on it. And then I never heard about it again. And it's just like things like that early in your career that you're like, what was I thinking? Yeah. And then to your point, Carolina, yeah, I I, I feel very connected to you and in, in that just recently, um, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm growing the podcast. Oh, we're figuring it out. And now I'm like, no, I know what I'm doing. That this isn't like a this is a business now. It's not like a little silly it's side. It's no longer a side hustle. Exactly. Like this is this is your business. Exactly, Vivian. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's just so fun to hear the growth that you guys have seen. And good grief. I mean, we've been able to talk offline and I know that you guys are always doing something. You guys mentioned trunk shows. I mean, um, it's just so fun to see what you guys are up to on on social and beyond. But tell us this. What's next for you? What's coming up? Well, I guess stay tuned for hopefully another storefront. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, that's exciting. Now, where can they find you now though, store-wise? We are in Naples, Florida. We call it North Naples. And I don't know, am I supposed to give you the exact address location? (laughs) Well, no, I guess that's good. I guess that's good. Well, they can find it (laughs) elsewhere, but I was thinking for my own self. I'm like, oh, I'm coming. I'm coming. Um, Do we have have any ideas of where the new store will be? Or is it was secret? It will, it'll also be in Naples. Okay, we'll stay tuned. We'll stay tuned. See you. We're trying to get a nice um, big HQ for all of our <gasps> oh. all of our customers, all of our brides. We really want to make it an experience for people. And that's our, our big, you know, next step and goal is to have a nice built out store for people to come from all over and, and hopefully host events and, and really lean into a lot of the collaborations that we have upcoming. So I'm excited. I think it's, we're obviously trying to reinvest so much of our growth back into the company and and give our customers an even better experience. So fun. So fun. Well, we will stay tuned. You guys, this has been so much fun, but is there anything that we didn't cover that you'd actually like to? Um, I know we touched upon it because we're really getting to the oh. nitty gritty about Henry Noel and what goes really into the day-to-day of the business. Um, but one thing really 
is that all the jewelry, because I ran track at Boston College and USC, all the jewelry really is made to work out. And I say it's very much like a day to night, a day to night accessory piece. So whether you are going to a workout class or you're going to an event, the jewelry really is, it's, I always say it's like the little black dress of your wardrobe. Mm. Exactly what that is. And that's what the Diamond Drop Station is. That's what I founded Henry Noel with as my first piece and it's maintained to be the bestseller. So cool. So cool. Mm-hmm. I know when people see the pieces, they're going to be like, oh yeah, I could definitely run around a track with that. Or I could do yoga and then I could do Pilates. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's it's beautiful. The pieces and, and all that you guys have created is, is so beautiful. And I love too, I mean, the connection of your friendship, best friends coming together to work together. Um, and like I mentioned, we've talked offline and, and there's so much overlap for women that we both admire, but I'd love to hear who do you guys think should maybe come on and share their story? I'd say Sammy Bernstein, who's the co-founder of Form. We recently got to know her quite well, and she's just an awesome, awesome gal. She is such a hard worker, and also she's just very empowering to women. Amazing. Awesome. Love that recommendation. I would say say, um, our good friend, Danielle Holleran from Details and Swirls. She also left her big accounting job to start a side hustle that became the main hustle, (laughs) and she does wonderful calligraphy work for weddings based out of Rhode Island. Um, Her story is really interesting. So I would love to hear Danielle's story. Beautiful. Well, thank you. You all will have to stay tuned for a potential episode with Sammy and Danielle. Ladies, this has been so much fun. And I know that many listeners right off the bat have already headed over to Henry Noel to see your beautiful pieces. But you tell us, where can listeners connect with you? I'd say Instagram. That is one thing that we do not want to give up. It is always us responding to any of the questions any of the comments, um, it is always us responding. So I always say that's the best form of communication for each of us. At Henry Noel Jewelry, we could also go to henrynoel.com. Um, Henry with an I. Yes. Get a little a little French twist for you guys. Yes. Yes. And I also will tell people that Henry, so my grandfather Henry, and then my dad Rick. So it's Hen Rick. Henry. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Yes, thank you for adding that. It is within us. Well, you guys, I know that you're going to enjoy shopping Henry Noel and ladies. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? Brought to you by Dondolo. Be sure to check them out. I hope you'll join us over on shophsdt.com to grab your new favorite item from one of our previous guests. I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. Don't forget, we have some exciting giveaways coming up this month on the podcast Instagram. So stay tuned. The biggest will be announced on October 26th. I will talk to you soon.